Hello and welcome to the Leadership Cares Podcast. And uh, I'm your host, Mike Thornton. With me as always is J.D. Allen. And uh, today we are doing the second part of our two-part conversation around what does it look like to care for uh, yourself first is what we did last episode. And this time it's for others. And um, you might be saying to yourself, wasn't that what the whole podcast is about? And I asked myself the same thing. And the truth is, yes, I, I think there are many different ways to care, many different uh, situations that you find yourself in that you need to figure out, how do I care for somebody through this? But um, this podcast is more about like a, a broader concept of care and what are what are some basic practices we can use uh, daily, weekly, monthly uh, as we lead people and showing them that we care and leading them through difficult situations uh, by making sure that we are showing that we're caring leaders. And so that's going to be the conversation today. Um, so first of all, how you doing, JD? What's uh, what's going on with you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, my my kid is probably the entire world right now, mm. and uh, he, he's good. He's going through a little bit of sleep regression, but we're doing good. Yeah. We're surviving. I can tell by the bags <laughs> under your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's tiring, <laughs> but like I said, we're we're good. We're getting through. Good. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We're coming up on uh, December already, yeah. and so full blown like holiday season. Thanksgiving's next week. Uh, we got Christmas coming up, man. It just he was born right by. in time for this. Uh, yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He gets to experience his first Christmas and everything. Yeah. It's it's always fun. Uh, yeah, we're we're kind of similar, just like really caught up in all the different things that happen this time of year. And my son's birthday is right smack dab in yeah. the middle there too. So, um, it gets exhausting this time of year. And that actually brings me to a, a point about our, our podcast, which is like when so much is going on mm-hmm. and you are just physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted. Yeah. It is really difficult to show you care about anything, you know, like <laughs> you're kind of on autopilot and, you know, even like when you're at work and you're leading people, you're like, well, I'm thinking about, hey, I get gifts for this person because it's Christmas or I got to, you know, go make sure I, I get the turkey for Thanksgiving and thaw that out and it's just, it feels like there's so much. And so we have to be very intentional about how yeah. we show care for people, especially in this season. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about, I, I've got six different things I want to discuss with you, JD, and we can have a good conversation around what this looks like on the daily um, with how we show care for people. And uh, again, like you'll, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know, we covered things like caring for people during crises, right? Or caring for people when they don't agree with you. Um, that Those are like more really deeper conversations around like a specific topic. Yeah, right? I was actually going to say, I think that the, the best part about this episode specifically is we're kind of doing an almost like a broader sense of just caring, yeah. which we never did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably should have been the first episode, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, we're figuring like it out, people. I like this better. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, first part I have here, first bullet point is uh, when we're showing how do we intentionally care for others? We listen. Yep. We have to listen to them. Uh, you know, people, there, there's an old saying that says, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> so you listen twice as much as you speak. And, uh, you know, it's the, the problem that we always run into is... A lot of times people are listening, but only with the intent to respond. Yeah. Right. And I think as a leader, I fall into that a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, you're listening to somebody and a lot of times it's like, hey, I'm going through this or I'm struggling with this. And uh, you think they need your advice. Yep. You think that they need you to fix it for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes they're just looking for somebody to listen. To listen. Right. Yeah. Uh, I run into this problem with my wife. I'm sure you do as well. I was well. going to say the same thing. I run into that with Essie all the time. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know. It's Again, it's like the leadership mindset. It, I think as men, a lot of times yeah. too, it's just, you know, it's it's that male part of our brain that's like, I have to fix this. You yeah, know? we have to problem solve. Yeah, Right. And, and sometimes, you know, you're while you're waiting for them to stop talking so you can respond with your incredible <laughs> advice and sage wisdom, you, you've actually missed out on what they're really trying yeah. to talk about, you know? And, uh, and sometimes people just want us to understand and empathize with them. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's another point that we'll get to in a second. But, you know, sometimes I just want to know that, Hey, you know, this is hard, right? Like I was actually talking to our leadership team about this the other day. And, and uh, you know, we started our restaurant last year. Mm-hmm. two and a half months after the pandemic started. Yeah. And our team literally does not know what it's like to do this without COVID. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. We're going on two years uh, of this being a thing that the pandemic and, um, and we opened, you know, just like I said, two and a half months after it started. And so, you know, they, they just don't know what it's like to do this when it wasn't hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes, you know, people just want to express that. Like they just want you to understand that, Hey man, this is hard, you know? And I'm not looking for you to change it. I'm not looking for you to fix it. I, I just want you to hear that. That's what I, how I feel, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, again, it's hard for us as leaders. Um, but because it's hard, it's what we need to actually lean into. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you were saying before. Like, I think as leaders, we think that they're coming to us because they want that, that advice, you know, or they want us to move in some way to help them. But yeah, you're right. Like, sometimes it's just about hearing them out. It's just being playing therapist. I said that all the time at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, half my job is being therapist to yep. most of these people. <laughs> yeah, or, you know... J- uh, I, I used to say the same thing that I've, I've used the youth pastoring skills that I picked up doing <laughs> ministry uh, more in the Chick-fil-A than I ever did in the church. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it truly is, it, but it's just a part of leadership, right? Yeah. A, a good leadership. I think there's a lot of leaders out there, unfortunately, who, who don't necessarily care about this, right? Yeah. And those are the leaders that, are they truly leading? If you don't mm-hmm. care about your people and you don't care about their thoughts and what they think, um, you know, there, there's an old saying that if you're, if you're leading and nobody's following, then you're just going for a walk, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, if, if nobody wants to follow you, um, then you're not truly leading. And people will want to follow somebody who listens to them, who yeah. values them. And this isn't just like, hey, listen to my problems and my, you know, uh, concerns. This is also, hey, I have this great idea for how we can improve the business or how we can improve my job or, or whatever. Uh, those I think sometimes are, are the things that are more threatening to a leader. Yeah. Like, Hey, no, no, that's my job to figure that out. But if you're squashing people and you're, you're keeping them in, in this little box, like, no, you're a team member. You just go, you know, do this or, Hey, you're just an accounting or whatever. Like you're never going to help them reach their full potential and they're going to leave you yeah, because they're going to feel restrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was just having this conversation with some of our people over the weekend that, you know, at least for my job as an operator, the the real the the great thing but also the awful thing the paradox of leadership is that your best people are always going to leave you yeah right yeah. And, and you can either do it one of two ways you can do it in the healthy way that is hey i am looking to help grow you and develop you to achieve what you want to achieve in, in our business a lot of times hey i want to own my own chick-fil-a or hey i'd love to go work at the home office or it might not even be that it might be i have this dream of my own career or my own business and i'm, I'm you know i want to glean what i can from you here and go start that that's great. That's what I'm all about. I want to help launch you into the next thing. Then there's the unhealthy way of like, no, I'm going to squash you. I want to keep you here. Yeah. Like you just do what I want you to do. And then they're going to leave you anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So listening to our people, making them feel like, okay, they, this person values my opinion. They value my ideas. Um, you know, implementing their ideas at times too, yeah. you know, because as leaders, we, we have blind spots, right? Like mm-hmm. I walk into my business every day and the second I walk in, everyone's on their best behavior. Everybody's trying to execute their job exactly right, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> because just by the nature of my position, mm-hmm. I actually don't get a full view of my business. Yeah. And so, and I think that's the same way for some of my leaders and things like that. So if we're not listening to our people, if we're not hearing them out when they say, hey, there's actually a problem here, or there's something you're not seeing, um, we're going to miss out on, on making our business better, Yeah. you know, so... We got to listen to our people and that shows caring for them. Absolutely. You got anything that you want to add to that? No, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying. You know, as, as I was saying, you know, before one, you know, one of the main jobs of being a leader is just being able to be of sound, a soundboard, I guess that's the yeah. right term. Um, you know, so that people can listen and going, going back to one thing that you did say, um, where you said, if people aren't following you, you know, you're just taking a walk. It's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being outside of the restaurant now where and not to speak ill of any other business, but Chick-fil-A values that they always have. You know, it was one of the things that drew me into the, the company. Um, it's not everywhere. Right. It's really not everywhere. And some of the other places that I've seen do work since I've been at Chick-fil-A and I'm still at the same company. I know it sounds like I've bounced around. I haven't, right. <laughs> but just from other people that I've met, there are a lot of people out there who do not value that, 
who is just like, I am a boss. You are the person who works under me and I don't care. We're going to do our job and that's it. Yeah. It's hard to fault those people for that too, because I feel like there's a mindset that is kind of, you know, pervasive throughout every industry that the boss is in charge. The boss is responsible. They do this and you do these other things that they tell you to do. Right. Like I, I almost, I think about the movie wall street sometimes yeah. when I think about it, you've seen that movie, right? Yeah, From the eighties. Yeah. Um, this idea that greed is good and, mm-hmm. you know, get, get all the money and do, you know, step on whoever you need to. That was yeah. very indicative of the time mm-hmm. because that was kind of what was going on in society. But those same ideas exist now, 25 years later after that movie and, and after that time period uh, where this is what people think business is. They think, hey, just go make the money. Hey, just listen to what I say. You know, don't yep. question it. And uh, again, that's not great leadership. But that I think that's the difference between a leader and a manager or a boss, yeah. right? You remember in my uh, when I used to do leadership orientation, yep. I had that visual <laughs> Of like, it was like an old Egyptian hieroglyphic where um, the difference between a boss and a leader and the top one was the boss and yep. the three people were pulling this giant brick and like, like they were building the pyramids, right? Three guys pulling a giant brick and the boss is sitting on top of the brick pointing where they should go, right? Yep. And then the bottom one was the leader and the leader was on the ground in front of the three guys also pulling the brick, also pointing to where they should go. Yeah. And it's like, are you adding weight? to your team Mm -hmm. or are you helping shoulder the weight and showing them where to go not just telling them where to go yeah right it's a little we're a little off of the listening thing but i think it comes back to that like listening and valuing your people is how you show you care for them right and uh you know you're again i don't want to say you're not a good leader if you're not doing these things there might be other aspects of your leadership that are really strong but if you're not incorporating this this part of it like we lead people Mm-hmm. We don't lead money. We yeah. don't lead resources. We, you know, like you don't have, you're not a leader if there's no people involved. Yeah. You're just executing yeah. a job. Exactly. And obviously there has to be a bottom line, you know, like, like we are in a business, you know, to make money, but I am a firm believer in if you take care of your people and you lead your people, they're going to take care of your business. Exactly. You know, the, the whole mindset that started in the fifties of, you know, let's just crush every ounce of whatever we can get out of this person. It's it's not it's not the thing anymore, right. you know. And I think a lot of companies are are catching on to that. Companies are catching on, and and the average employee is yeah. catching on, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're living in a time right now that is very difficult to find employees, right? Like yeah. the Great Resignation, a lot um, of people have yeah. dubbed it. And where are these people going? And you know, during the pandemic, it, it kind of expedited certain trends that were already happening. It, it accelerated yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. And so during the pandemic, people went into business for themselves or they took jobs that they could work from home and have more flexibility yeah. or they took jobs that were, you know, maybe maybe a little more labor intensive, but they paid better and things like that. And so this mindset of I'm going to get labor from a person for minimum wage and offer the bare minimum and show the bare minimum amount of care for them. Yeah, um, yeah it, it rapidly has become antiquated because now those same people are struggling to find people to run the business, yeah. right? The corporation. Yeah. Um, but it boggles my mind because none of them will change what they're doing. Well, they, they have changed what they are, they're doing, but they've just thrown money at it. Yeah. So their mindset yeah. has just become, well, okay, fine. Then we'll just double our minimum wage. Yeah. You know, now, now you want to come work, right? And it's like, okay, sure, that might attract certain people. That might you know, get them in the door, but it's not going to keep them. Yeah. If you're just throwing money at the problem and still the same problems exist in the organization where you don't value your people, you don't give them upwards opportunity, like momentum, you don't provide other benefits, you don't, you don't create a culture that people yeah. want to be a part of, it doesn't matter how much you're paying. Yeah. People will take a pick. I did this. I left a company that I was making a good living at but I hated the work I did mm-hmm. to go to work for my operator, Luke, at Chick-fil-A. I took a pay cut yeah, because the other things that were being offered were more valuable than the hourly wage. Yep. And so, yes, hourly wage is important. Don't get me wrong. 
you know, we, we have increased our hourly, but I mean, we're also, we live in New Jersey. And so we're on the, yeah. on the road to 15. And so we were already a little bit ahead of the curve on the rest of the country for this, but yeah, you can't, you know, some places, especially like down South where I used to live, they're still working off the federal minimum wage of seven twenty five, yeah. and they're going to offer $8 and they think that that's, that's going to work. And then you got big corporations like Home Depot and Target who are like, you know what? We're, we're going to battle this great resignation thing by going to a $15 an hour minimum wage nationwide. It's like, okay, well, if your company was offering $7.25 or even $8, how do you do that? How, how, do, you, how do you make that kind of leap? Yeah. You can't. So now you're already way behind because you're battling those guys who have the funds, have the resources, and um, are just throwing money at the problem. Yeah. But as I said, the truth is those folks who go work there, they're not going to be happy then either mm-hmm. you know like yes they might be getting compensated better but it doesn't change the nature of the work or the nature of the organization and because so many people aren't working there they work you to the bone exactly yeah exactly you're you're working overtime you're working mm-hmm. um you know doing the, the work of three people instead of one yeah um you know I, I have other ideas about what's going on with the employment economy now but uh that's another podcast um <laughs> But it all comes back to how you care for your t- your comp or yeah. your uh, people, right? And, and the kind of culture. I think mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing. When it comes to listening, mm-hmm. we're still on the first point. We need to move off of this. <laughs> um, when it comes to listening to people, this is how you create a great culture, a culture and, and an organization that listens to the people who work there that makes them feel valued. That's like the first step. You know, I, I think there, there's this old joke too about like Google, right? And like, you know, when when Google uh, first bl- started blowing up and became a big company and they offered like candy and beanbag chairs, you know, and that was yeah. their culture. That's a joke now too. Yeah. Because other people have tried to replicate that and you can't because it's disingenuous. Yeah. The the culture there is one of creativity. It's one of the, that we value creativity. The beanbag chairs and the candy, it's just ancillary to that. Yeah. Right. They let their people um, step outside their box and do their job in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some organizations can't do that. Like, we couldn't run my restaurant by saying, hey, do it whatever way you want to. Yeah. Right course. now, like, we have food standards we need to adhere to yeah. and safety standards and, and the way that, you know, we vetted out. We know that this is the quickest way to serve somebody. But so even if you can't do that, though, in what other ways can you value your people? In what other ways can you let them have some sort of, like, creativity and st- stake in what they're doing? Right. Yeah. So. These are things that I think, coming back to your point, that not everybody does this. I, I just, I don't think everybody is equipped to do it. Mm-hmm. I think, truthfully, the easiest thing to do is what you're saying. Hey, just come in here, do it the same way we've always done it. Listen to me. Don't give me any lip about it, and just do your job. Yeah, that's easy. Mm-hmm. The way we're talking about it's hard, but it's more valuable. Yep. And you'll keep your people. Yeah. So. And the other thing, and I'm, I'm sorry, I no, know that we have good. to wrap this part point up, but. The thing, the big thing for me is, you know, after becoming an adult and realizing what being an adult is and seeing how much time we put into our job, you want, you want to enjoy what you're doing. Mm. You want to enjoy going into work every day. If you're going to be at work for eight to 10 hours on average a day, you can't be miserable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and as a leader, why would you want that? Like, I feel like I'd be miserable coming in and seeing a bunch of miserable people. You know what I mean? Like, rather than pouring into people and building them up and making them excited to be there. See, but I think that's a generational thing, too. I think you go back to my father's generation or my grandfather's generation. Like, they kind of resign themselves to the fact that, you know, work is work. Yeah. You go and you, you don't necessarily enjoy it. but You make money. You provide for yourself and your family. And you retire 40 years later and you get a gold watch. Right? Like, that was kind of the... The mindset for a long time and now none of that's guaranteed none mm-hmm. of it it's not guaranteed you're gonna keep your job for that long it's not guaranteed you're gonna to get to retire right yeah yep. it's not guaranteed that even what you're doing is gonna provide adequately for you and your family um in in a very short amount of time relatively the economy of work has changed mm-hmm. right and so when you know you did resign yourself to hey i might not hate what i do but at least i can provide my family stuff it was like now it's like you know what you're saying people they they need to feel like what they do matters they need to feel like um they enjoy and you know i don't think everybody enjoys what they do all the time like listen i love what i do Mm -hmm. genuinely i love it yeah there's seasons that are hard Mm -hmm. work is going to be right because it's work it's not fun it's not play it's work 
And, um, and, and especially the higher up the chain you go, the more responsibility you have, the more that intensifies. But not everyone is going to be able to work doing the exact thing they're passionate about. Yeah. Right. Like I think about artists. We talk about this all the time. You and I are mm-hmm. musicians. Um, I, I used to like to draw. I also used to like to act. If I had my way when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I would have been in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't chase your dreams, but I'm also saying that doesn't work out for everybody, yeah. right? And so, yes, you might have to reevaluate what makes you happy, um, but it doesn't mean that you have to work in your passions, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and that's not even exactly what I'm, what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily saying do the thing that makes you happy you know i mean do the thing that makes you happy hopefully god blesses you and you you get to do it but what i'm saying is like okay you you dreamed of you know um being an actor or, mm-hmm. or being a musician you know you i'm sure that when you were little you didn't dream of being a chick-fil-a operator or an operator of a restaurant i actually that. wanted to be a paleontologist when i was little really i love dinosaurs that's awesome i had no idea and then i wanted to be an archaeologist because i loved indiana jones i wanted to do that too for a while <laughs> because of indiana jones yeah, I mean, um you think that archaeologists really like fight mummies and like explore tombs all the not. time no probably. no that's but really not I, what they do <laughs> sorry a side thing i did um interview with brown when i was trying to pick a, a university mm-hmm. and the interviewer that i was talking to said that her friend had called her and he was like you won't believe what i'm doing right now and she was like what he's like i'm transporting the dead sea scrolls whoa and i was like that's wow cool. that's awesome to be like i had the dead sea scrolls in my possession right it, uh, yeah. Did Nazis try to take them? Maybe after. He's not cool unless he had to punch a Nazi <laughs> in the face. <laughs> maybe, maybe after the call. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, like I said, like you, you didn't dream about that, but you love doing it. Right. You know, and I'm sure that part of why you love it is the culture that you created in your store. Yeah. You know? Right. There are people out there that don't have that culture who don't, who are just like, Come into work and do your job, sure. you know. But no, you plan events for your your employees. You do things for your employees, even as small as listening to them. Mm-hmm. But just showing value to the employee and in that culture that you created made people want to be there. You know, right. when me and Brad were were bagging, you know, we were singing Disney songs. You know, getting people in the back back of house into it. You know, yeah, nobody wants to sit there and bag for eight hours a day if that's all you're doing but you make it fun you create that culture not that we're not working you're working but you're you're making it fun and and you create that culture around it so what i hear you saying is it's not necessarily what you're doing it's about how you're doing it exactly and and that's very true and, and it also comes back to like what you bring to the table when you come to work every day are you bringing yeah. that energy that optimism that excitement like hey you know it doesn't matter what we're doing we could be doing the grossest job in the world, but we're going to make it fun. You know, we're going to yeah. make it enjoyable. If you approach everything with, man, like I hate this and I don't want to be here. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Okay. If you approach it with that attitude, then yeah, it is going to be horrible. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So I, yeah, that's a great point. You're absolutely right. I, I took it in a different direction of like chasing dreams and things like that. But I think both it's, you know, both of those things yeah. are kind of similar and, uh, that's a whole podcast in itself. Actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it a is. good topic. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's if we're coming back to how do we intentionally care for others? Yes, this all stemmed from listening to them and, and hearing them and truly being interested in what they have to say, right? Yeah. And I think the next part of that, the second point I have is you have to empathize with them. Mm-hmm. You can't just listen and be like, okay, cool, I hear you. And then not, not take action with what mm-hmm. they're talking about. And I think action, in between action and, and listening is empathizing yeah. where you are putting yourself in their shoes. You are trying to or maybe you were in their shoes and you're just trying to remember what it was like to be them. Maybe you haven't been in their shoes and you're just trying to imagine what it's like to be them. Right. And so, you know, I, I think people sometimes lose this in the leadership mm-hmm. aspect. Like they want to just be people who, um, yeah, Hey, I heard you and I get it, but I'm not connecting because I don't, I don't feel the same way you do. Right. And that's what yeah. empathy is about. Um, and so while I might not come from the same background as you, I might not have had the same challenges as you, 
I can empathize because I can imagine what that might have made me feel like. Yeah. Right. Or I can imagine that, or or I can um, f- see it through your eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have to apply empathy so that we can create action from our, you know, talking to our team, talking to the people we lead, and ensuring that we are not approaching them with like a cold, calculated uh, approach that it doesn't actually mean anything to them. Right. Yeah. Listening has to have legs behind it mm-hmm. if you truly want them to feel like they are being heard. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that speaks to what we were talking about in the listening part. And then the third part point I have here is we have to prioritize our people, yep. right? The way you show you care is you make them a priority. You know, they each individual person might not be the priority of the day, but they're a priority. Yeah. They don't want to feel like they're annoying you or that you're just like a means to an end, right? Yep. Um, they want to feel like you you care about you them, do. right? You value them. And by, you know, if you value them, you're going to make them a priority, yep. you know? Um, and, and frankly, for me, in my business, and, and I don't always get this right, but when I walk into that building, the people on my team are the priority. Yeah. Because like you said, if, if your people aren't taken care of, if they don't enjoy what they do, if they don't feel valued, then nothing else matters because it yep. doesn't matter what product you know, you have. Like, okay, we we work for or I work for Chick Fil A. We have the greatest chicken sandwich in any restaurant. I know I'm biased, <laughs> but we do, and we have one of the best service models of yep. any restaurant. We've been voted the number one quick service restaurant for the last seven years because of not just our great product, but the way we serve people. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter that you have the best chicken sandwich. It doesn't matter that you have a really good model that works on paper. If you don't have the people, you don't have a business. Yep. And so if I'm coming in every day and I'm prioritizing uh, profit because we're a business and I'm trying to drive numbers. Profit's yep. important, obviously. Yeah. We cannot run the business. We don't have the opportunity to love on people if we're not turning a profit, right? So I understand it's it's a priority. Is it the priority? No. Yeah. It never has been for me because... If I don't have those people, if we're not serving those guests, if the guests aren't coming back, and, and again, we're talking a lot about the team, but the guest is a priority. They're another person that's a component to our business, your customer. If your customer is not happy and they don't feel fulfilled in what they're getting from you, they're not coming back. And so you're going to lose profitability, right? Yep. You know, and so I've always thought about it in this like kind of inside out model, right? Where like, okay, the business starts with me. I'm going to care for and develop my people, the team. The team's going to then feel cared for and valued. And so therefore, they're going to have a great work experience. And so they're going to give the customer a great experience. Mm -hmm. The customer came through. They had a great experience at my business. And so you know what? They might have hit me once a week. But now because they've had a great experience and they had delicious food, they're going to come two or three times a week. And they're going to bring their friends. And they're going to bring their family with them next time. And from there, that creates profitability. That creates more sales, which then increases profitability. You don't start the other way and go, well, I want to make a profit. So how do we do that? Well, we get more customers. Okay, so we're going to spend a lot of money on marketing. you know, And then we're going to overwork our people because we've increased the amount of sales coming through, but we don't have enough people and we don't have enough people who care. And so then you get what? You lose those same customers you just yep. spent a ton of money trying to get. Yep. So, and again, unfortunately, this has been the model in corporate America for yep. decades. Yeah. So it's not revolutionary. This is, these are tried and true, you know, like you go all throughout history, the best leaders of history put their people first. Yep. The best leaders of nations. And, and when you talk about people who won wars and things like that, mm-hmm. they put their people first. And so if they are not the priority, they certainly need to feel like they are a priority. Right. Yeah. Um, and if they're, if your people are not the priority, I, you know, I'm going to say you probably need to reevaluate your priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. Um, that yeah, that's the third point I have here. The fourth point, the, the fourth and fifth point, kind of go hand in hand, uh-huh. and uh, we'll probably have a, a good conversation around these. So, the fourth point is you have to be honest with your people. Yep. And then the fifth point is you have to hold them accountable. Yeah. That's how you show caring mm-hmm. for people. Um, and some people might brush up against that because the word accountability and the word honesty, especially when it comes to like if people are not doing their job well, mm-hmm. uh, those are things that really tighten people up. Like, well, I don't have to have that conversation. Yeah. That's not caring to them to like point nope. out their flaws, right? 
And the truth is, it's actually the ultimate form of caring. Yeah. Right? What is your take on that before I go on what I think? So it kind of goes back to um, all my best friends in the past, we've all been there for each other in ways that it's it's accountability buddies. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you hold each other accountable to the standards that y- you know they want. Right. And especially in a company, I mean, unless they're like a teenager and they're kind of just doing this to, to get side money, you know, when, when you talk about being a, in a career, um, nobody wants to go into work and not do well. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You know what I mean? And so when, when somebody's going in there and they're, they're maybe they're not putting in their full effort and you can see that. Why would you not talk to them about that? Mm-hmm. I know I would I would hate that. If I came in every day and I was just coasting, I would want somebody to be like, hey, listen, like I know you're capable of better. Like let let's be better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not those words exactly, but you know right. yeah, it, it, it's about reaching in and getting the best out of people and how can you not do that if you don't hold them accountable and you're not honest about what they're doing. Right. On the reverse side, um, you know, going with honesty, you also want to praise them for when they do well. And I, I think we're going to come to that. Yeah. You're getting ahead of me. So I'm not okay. too far into that, but yeah, like, like honesty is definitely the best policy. You know, it, it's, it's the hardest thing to do. Right. And so the truth is that the easy route is to just, you know, snowball people, feed them what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. Hey, am I doing all right? Am, am I doing well, sir? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're doing great. In the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, no, you're really not. Uh, but hopefully they'll figure it out, right? Yeah. And But if they think they're doing well, why would they change anything? Exactly. You know, yeah. why would they try to do better? Um, because you were too uncomfortable to tell them, now, you know what? Here's actually really where you need to pick it up. Mm-hmm. You need to fix this. Um, I liken it to like, I always tell our people, like our leadership and our organization, that if we ever have to fire somebody, and you've heard me say this many yep. times, it should never be a surprise. Yeah. Because we have coached them along the way. We have given them actionable items to fix. If they have purposefully not done that, or you know, sometimes through ignorance not done that, they cannot be surprised when we let them go. Yeah. Right? If they are brought on your team for a reason, you saw something in them that, you know, they had character, they had you know, skills, their personality, whatever it might be. I try to exhaust every option before we get to the point where we let somebody go. And again, you know this, like I, I always struggle parting with people because mm-hmm. people have value to me, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're the priority. And it's not because I don't want to have to have a hard conversation. It's because I care about you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you're not working out great in that position. All right, no problem. We'll try over in this position. You know, maybe, maybe you're not a front of house type person. We're trying the back of house or vice versa. If we've exhausted every option and we've coached you and we've told you, hey, you know, actually, this is where you really need to change in terms of not just your performance, but the way you talk to people, the way you you know, express yourself, whatever it might be like, this is not flying right now. We need you to fix it. If you then choose to not fix it, it's not my fault that you lost your job. It's yours. Yeah. Right. Now, flip that around. If I'm the leader and I'm continually telling you, yeah, you're doing fine. Yeah, you're, you're great. And you're not. And then I fire you. That's actually my fault. Yeah. Because now I didn't give you the opportunity to change. I didn't give you the clear communication. And you're sitting here saying, well, you know, it's not caring to give them hard feedback. Well, is it is it caring that they lost their job and now they are like stunned that they mm-hmm. lost their job? They're surprised that they lost their job or they got booted out of whatever organization they were part of? That That's like actually cruel. Yeah. Right? That's mm-hmm. cruel to do to somebody. You know, but if somebody got let go and they're like, well, you know, they, they were clear with me. And they might not agree with it, but at least they know why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's where, you know, honesty and accountability come hand in hand. If I've been honest with you and I've told you where you need to improve and you don't, then the accountability comes in. Hey, I told you what was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And I care enough about you to want to hold you to the standard that I believe you've hold yourself to. Right. You talked about your friendships. Uh, same way with me, man. Like my best friends in life have been the ones that are willing to tell me the hard things. Yeah. You know, like, Hey Mike, I love you, but I didn't really care for the way you talked to me or I didn't really care for this or, Hey man, I've seen you put on weight. What's going on? You okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to help you. Like, let's work out together. Right. Yeah. Like actually I've had friends do that for me. Cause you know, I went through, uh, yeah, I put on a bunch of weight and then I lost a bunch of weight and 
it was hard to hear that. It's hard to hear that about yourself for sure. But it comes from a place of caring. Yeah. I care for you so much. I am willing to sit down and have a hard conversation. That's probably going to hurt your feelings and make me feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Those are great friendships. Those are great relationships. Um, same way when it comes to leadership, you are doing nobody any good by just telling them what they want to hear or telling them what's easy and mm-hmm. makes you feel less uncomfortable. And also when it comes to leadership, you know, sometimes it's funny. Like I, I think back to how many roles you had put me in mm-hmm. at Chick-fil-A and I'm like, wow, there were a lot there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, just as the leadership development director, like when I, you know, people would talk to me about, Hey, I want to be a leader. I had to be honest with them mm-hmm. because otherwise a month down the road, they're saying, Hey, I want to be a leader. You know, you, you've been saying I've been great and I have no, nowhere to improve. And you're like, Oh man, you're no, not cut out for like, it. You're not cut out for it. But whose fault is that? Cause I've been telling them they're yeah. great this entire time. That's not something that I did. I'm no, no, saying, I, I get you know? what you're saying. <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. you have to be honest with them. Honestly, I, I have, in my leadership journey and, and just as I matured as a person and as a leader, uh, I went through this where it's like, man, man I, I don't want to tell you something hard. Yeah. But then, yeah, you get to that point where now it's like, okay, well, you're not living up to it. And now I've got to have the heart. And it's actually harder because now yeah. I have to go back. And if I sit down with you in an evaluation, let's say, and I've been telling you for the last six months, you're doing a great job. And then I sit down and your evaluation is not great. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now typically in an evaluation, there's money attached to it. I'm going to give you a raise and your raise is going to be based on your performance. And if you were not getting the raise that you expected because your performance is actually not lining up with what you think you're doing, now that's an even harder conversation. Yep. Now I'm actually even more uncomfortable because I've been lying to you and now I got to own that, right? Yeah. And so I think we've all been there, right? As as we've grown and developed and you you start to realize honesty is the best policy, right? Um, now let's talk about honesty though, because I feel like there's also a segment of the population who's just going to be like, like, uh, my example about losing weight, right? I have somebody in my family, I'm not going to say who it is, um, who used to be very blunt with people. Okay. And so they say, Hey, you got fat <laughs> or something like that, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, that's not caring. No, that's not <laughs> nice. Well, you know, it's true. I'm just speaking my mind. Well, no, 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 no. That's not okay either. Okay. So don't take this as a license to go be a jerk to people Mm -hmm. and be uh, harsh with people. Right. If you're going to have these conversations, you have to go about it the right way. Yeah. Right. You can't embarrass somebody. You can't make, you know, bulldoze somebody. You can't just make them feel horrible. Right. So bring it back to, to like my restaurant. Okay. You are not good at, uh, guest interactions. You're not great with the guests, right? And so I see you uh, have a really bad interaction with the guests. And so in front of everybody, I say, hey, you suck at that. <laughs> or, hey, stop being so horrible with the guests. In front of everybody, in front of the guests, um, now you're embarrassed. Now you uh, feel devalued. Mm-hmm. Now I treated you like garbage, right? Are you going to get better? Absolutely not. You're probably going to get worse. You're probably going to leave, right? Yeah. These conversations... And this kind of honesty needs to be done at the right time in the right circumstances with the right tone and the right amount of, of care, yep. right? And so, okay, you're not great with the guests on the uh, the front counter. All right, hey, I'm going to pull you aside, just me and you, and say, hey, you know what? I, I actually noticed this about you. I think you can do better. I've definitely seen that you have the potential to be better with this, or else I wouldn't have brought you into the business, or I wouldn't have given you this opportunity. Um, let me help coach you. Here's one, two, or three things that you could do that I think will really make this better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you see the difference? You see the difference, right? Yeah. Do you, the listener, see the difference? Like, <laughs> it's a whole different experience for that team member now. It's a whole different experience for the person you're leaving. It's not confrontational. It's, I mean, it might be a little embarrassing because, but more so it's now, man, like, okay, I'm not living up to my potential. I'm embarrassed by that, right? You're not embarrassed because I just called you out in front of all these people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You now know I care enough to tell you these things. You know I care enough to give you some actionable items. Mm-hmm. I didn't just tell you that you're bad at the job, yep. right? I've told you how you can improve. And again, now, if you don't take some of those things and change them, now I got a question, okay, do you care about your job? Are you capable of doing the job? Now it's a different conversation, right? And now the accountability portion comes into play. Hey, I told you what I needed to see from you. 
what's going on, right? You know, and sometimes, again, this is where listening comes into play. I've had this happen where, hey, you know, team members going through something outside of the business. They didn't do something right or they offended somebody, uh, you know, a guest or something like that. They now come, I try to have this conversation with them and I find out, you know, something's going on. Somebody passed away, something's going on in school, something like that. Now you, you again, empathy comes into play. It's all coming mm-hmm. around. It's all coming back together now. Yep. <laughs> um, empathy comes into play. Now I understand why you're struggling. Now I'm able to give you some, maybe some slack there. And then if you keep doing the same thing, well, you know, now I got to have a different conversation, right? But this, we have to ask questions. I, I like when I have to have a, a hard conversation with somebody, I like to ask questions because a lot, rather than just give statements, because a lot of times people will self-identify yeah. where they need to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you bring the, the person aside and you say, hey, like, let me ask you, like, how do you feel you're doing right now? Man, you know, I, I really don't think I'm doing the best I can. This is going on, or I, I know that I'm struggling here. Okay, cool, cool. I'm glad you noticed it. Let me, I noticed it too. Let me talk to you about that. Now it's less confrontational. Yeah. Whereas if I bring you in the office or, you know, sit you down in our, you know, cubicle, whatever, wherever you lead, and I say, hey, you did this, you're doing that, you need to fix it. Okay, now it's like, it's a confrontation. Now, now I feel demoralized, right? Yeah. So I like to lead with a lot of questions in these kinds of conversations. If somebody is completely oblivious and I've had this happen to where they're like, man, I'm doing great. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, well, I don't see it that way. Let's talk about that. You know, um, I feel like that happened a lot at Paramus Park. <laughs> man, that, that's happened to me a lot in general, unfortunately. But when it doesn't, when people are able to self-identify, it's actually a really, really great thing. Yeah. Uh, so you want to try to go that route first, right? So, um, yeah, those two things, man, it, again, bring it back to it's the ultimate form of care to mm-hmm. be honest and hold people accountable, especially from a leadership position. And, and even beyond a leadership position, like we talked about in your friendships, your relationships with family, um, you know, your spouse, your kids. Um, yeah, you, you just be honest with them. You know, now, again, with kids, there's times where it's like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to broach that subject yet. They're too young for that or whatever. I'm not going to be like brutal. Honestly, let me tell you everything about the world, son. Yeah. And you're five, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously, as they get older, you have to be more intentional about what you share with them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, th- that was points four and five. Last point to speak about on, on a general how do we care for people? And you, you touched upon this, J.D., is we have to celebrate them. Yep. We got to celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're willing to have those hard conversations and tell them how they can get better, you'd better be willing to tell them yeah. how well they've done, right? Uh, I wrote this quote down. I don't know who said it, but uh, never let a compliment enter your mind and not pass your lips. Mm-hmm. I've heard this for years from different leaders. Um, if you're thinking, man, that person's really improved or wow, that guy crushed it today. Go tell them. Yeah. You know, true it. True Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. He used to say, you know how somebody needs encouragement? If they're breathing. Yeah. Because everybody needs encouragement. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to hear that they're doing well. Everybody wants to hear that you value them. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what organization you lead, even in your family, you know, like your spouse, they want to know that you, they want to be encouraged. They want to know that what they're doing matters. They want to know that they matter to you. And so, yeah, give compliments. You know, don't, don't give compliments if they're false, right? Like, like, you know, don't just try to like, you know, there's also that kind of disingenuous, like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to like schmooze you. Right. Like, like that you see a used car salesman do, you know, (laughs) that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genuine compliments. Hey, like, I I love what you did today. You did a great job or, Hey, you really stepped it up or, you know what, man, I, I really foresee you. Um, pursuing leadership at some point. You've really shown me that you've got the the yeah. attributes. You know, I said that to somebody the other day. He walked away like he was on cloud nine, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, you want to you wanna give the encouragement. You want to celebrate the wins. You want to show people you care. You know, the, the other way you do this too is like finding opportunities to celebrate even when it's, you know, something as simple as, hey, it's your birthday. You know, like we were going to recognize you, but we got you a cupcake or whatever, or, Hey, it's your one year anniversary. You've been with us a year. Congratulations. Here's, you know, this, like just the fact that you know, that mm-hmm. again, comes all the way back around to things like you listened, you prioritized me, you show that you care about me. Yep. But again, if that's all you do, like some people like to do that, you know, on online, you see these uh, jokes around like getting, getting your butt kicked in retail or at fast food and then, Hey, pizza party. <laughs> right. Because yeah. again, people 
they want to take the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we'll get you pizza. And it's like, all right, well, you know, no, no that's not enough. You know, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. I actually, I'm going to eat your pizza. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, I was going to say, don't <laughs> underestimate the pizza because the pizza is, is, it's good. Right. Especially here where we live because it's, <laughs> it's the best. But, um, if that's all you do and you think like, Hey, yeah. like I'm going to throw you a pizza party, but I'm still paying you junk wages i'm still not showing i care to you on the daily yeah like this is how i'm showing you care by once a quarter throwing you a pizza party that again that's again i don't want to throw people on the bus if that's what you're doing but you might want to also reevaluate is that the only thing you're doing mm-hmm. if it is then you probably want to add some other things or rethink your culture and things like that but yeah you know for us we, we've done that like hey man like black friday at the mall you we used yeah. to do that man like black yeah. friday was crazy and we're gonna get pizza for the team you know so they don't have to eat chick-fil-a today and uh, but that wasn't the only things we were doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we got to celebrate people. We got to encourage them. Um, give them those pats on the backs and uh, ensure that your people know that you, you see the good things they do as well as the things that maybe need improvement. Mm-hmm. I do feel like a pizza party is like the ultimate youth pastor move. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're a teenager, the easiest way to connect with kids is food, right? Yeah, and yeah. pizza is easy and it's <laughs> cheap enough. You, know, you can feed a lot of kids doing pizza. So I get it. I de- unless I love me some pizza too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of everything I had for this episode. Um, those were six ways that when I thought about what do I do on the daily, you know, that is actionable. Those are the the six things that um, you can really show you care and for the, for the people you lead. Yeah. Good stuff. So anything else you want to add, JD? No, man. I I think this was a solid episode. Um, maybe this would have been a good first episode i don't know (laughs) um but yeah no as for the basics i'm i'm completely on board i for a little while i was like are we are we actually doing the blast method is it like is this kind of the blast method and then you you know it deviated away yeah well not not yeah blast (laughs) believe listen apologize solve thank yeah that's more of a uh guest customer retention yeah, yeah, skill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to how you treat your team. There's, Again, the, some of the points are similar, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's kind of like you read enough leadership books or you listen yeah. to enough leadership podcasts, not to take anything away from great men, like, like John Maxwell and Andy Stanley. Like these are, are great guys and, and Titans in the field. Right. Mm-hmm. But you read enough of this stuff and you realize they're all saying the same thing. They're just finding different ways to put it into practice uh, because the truth is people haven't changed. Yeah. Like you read these books and then you go back to even like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's all the same thing Yeah. because people are people. The same things work with everybody in terms of like when you show you care and how you treat people. And, you know, again, like the, the golden rule from scripture yeah. is treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Right. Um it doesn't change. And so, yeah, you're right. Like whether it be cut, you know, your customers, your team members, your family, your friends, like you employ these things. And, um, you know, I, I think really when you break this all down, the truth about how do you show you care is that you think about others more than you think about yourself. Yeah. People fall into problems and get into to issues, um, in every facet of life when they are more consumed with what's better for me than it is for the other person mm-hmm. right it's the same for your marriage for your kids for your friends if you're putting consistently putting your wants your needs your desires above that of the people you claim you love and care about um that speaks volumes to them and so these things like we talked about hey listen without the intent of responding um because your response is more about you than it is about them right we talked about making your people a priority if you're at the top of your priority list, your priorities are wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes, very, you got it. Very wrong. Right. You got to be in there. You know, we went back to yeah. the concept of self-care last week because if you're... The, the truth is that mo- many great leaders, they're not even on the list of priorities. We had a speaker. I, I told you that I had to go to a conference for work last month. Um, we had this speaker come. Ah, gosh, I'm really... I'm blanking on his name, unfortunately. He was great. Um, he's, uh, the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and, uh, leads a church down there and things like that. And he was talking about this season in his life where he had so much going on, family issues, work issues, things going on at the church, all this other stuff. And so he decided to write down on his list of like things to do on a piece of paper. And he's like, I filled it. I filled the whole thing. And, um, he's like, I went and showed it to my sister and I was like, look, look at this, look at what's going on in my life right now. Look at how 
difficult it is. I'm, I'm, people are wondering why I'm burnt out. Look at all I've got. And he's like, she took one look at it and she's like, well, I know what your problem is. And he's like, what? And she's like, you're not on the list. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so he then went back and retooled some things in his life to help him. You know, and that's going back to our self-care episode last, yeah. last episode, right? Um, so you have to be on the list. You have to be mm-hmm. a priority or else you can't make everybody else, all these other responsibilities. You can't do those things. But unfortunately, too many people are their number one on a priority list of one. Yeah. Right. There's yep. no other priority other than what I want and how I want to do it. And, um, you know, everybody else is just a means to an end. So, again, it, it's not this isn't like difficult. Yeah. It's it's thinking more of, of other people than yourself. And so that's where a lot of these tactics come into play is how do you do that? Right. Yep. So. Awesome. Well, hey, I think this was a good episode. Glad we got to discuss this. Um, moving forward, we'll, we'll have more in the coming months. I think we'll probably take a break here as we're about to go into the craziness of the holiday <laughs> season. And we'll pick back up again maybe um, after some of that. Yeah. Um, and, and after that, we might bring some special guests alongside of us. Yeah, guest I, speakers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I've told you since we began this, I have a lot of friends um, that do what we do and um, you know do it as well if not better than yeah. i do and have different tactics and well, things I like that say better but well yeah it's some some of them but like um i would love to get those guys involved and, and get their thoughts on leadership and caring for their teams and um so i'm going to try to line some of those up and we'll have some really good conversations with some Sounds guest speakers good. so awesome well hey thank you uh for listening to this episode of leadership cares and uh we we truly appreciate that the way that this has grown and people seem to find value in it so uh, thank you again uh, for this week for Leadership Cares. I'm Mike Thornton. And I'm J.D. Allen. And thank you for listening to the Leadership Cares podcast. The Leadership Cares podcast is produced by Revived Entertainment Company.